Faith and Family Fellowship Podcast is a Christ-centered podcast established in 2019 and hosted weekly by Pastor Chris Busher, addressing a host of topics such as the Great Commission, Christian discipleship, and often featuring interviews with special guests who are experts in their field. The views and events expressed on this podcast and all related materials belong solely to their author and not necessarily to the author's employer, organization, committee, or other group or individual. While all attempts are made to present accurate information, some information may become outdated over time. Faith and Family Fellowship Podcast makes every attempt to timely update any and all such information. Without further delay, here's another powerful episode of Faith and Family Fellowship Podcast. Hello and welcome to another episode of Faith and Family Fellowship. I am your host, my name is Chris Busher, and I am joined again in the studio here in Des Moines, Iowa area with missionary Dallas Montague. Dallas, uh, he was on our last podcast episode, episode number seven. This is episode number eight. And if you didn't get a chance to actually listen to that episode, Dallas goes in in great detail about the man that he used to be before Jesus Christ and the man that he is today. Dallas, in about 60 seconds or less, will you please just uh, introduce yourself again to our audience and uh, recap a little bit about the the last episode? Yeah. Hi, my name is Dallas, just like he said, and um, I'm a missionary now. Um, I went to a program called Adult and Teen Challenge and found freedom from my addiction through Jesus Christ. And I went through another program called Youth with a Mission. And I became a missionary and went to Southeast Asia, spent some time in Thailand and Cambodia. And here in a few weeks, I'm about to head off to Brazil to be mission to do missions over there as well. Man, that is, that's an incredible recap right there. Dallas, how old are you? 21 years old. 21 years old. So, And how long have you actually believed the gospel of Jesus? I grew up in a Christian home, so um, I knew who Jesus was for a while. But the true gospel, I think it was just about three years ago when I really encountered Christ uh, for who he really is. Now, I noticed that you said something uh, to the effects of the true gospel. Uh, for some of our listeners that, you know, maybe this is your first time listening to our podcast, uh, don't don't think that we're, you know, judgmental by saying these words. Dallas is going to very quickly explain what he means by the gospel and the, and the true gospel very, very quickly for you. Yeah, for a long time, I believed that the gospel was going to church on Sunday and Wednesday and giving your 10%, but that is not the truth at all. The true gospel is Jesus came down to die for us sinners who are fallen and finite, and without him, there's no way possible that we can uh, live up to the opportunities that he is giving us. Absolutely. And that is a trap that a lot of people that I have met and I myself have, have fallen into is putting so much faith just in our, our works and going to church and, and tithing. And those things are biblical. Going to church, tithing, fellowshipping, all of these things, these are good things. Uh, but my biggest trap I know for me personally was I thought that was all that there was. Uh, but Jesus Christ is so much more, Dallas, and I'm so glad that you were able to to kind of pinpoint that in your life personally when Jesus became so real. Very quickly, how did Jesus become real to you? Let's let's do a recap here. Yeah, Jesus became real to me because at rock bottom is where I found myself, and Jesus met me, and I said to him, if you pick me up in this hell that I'm living in right now, I will serve you for the rest of my life. And he did, and I didn't do anything to 
uh, to be accepted by him at all. I didn't do anything to deserve it. I didn't go to church that day. I didn't say a fancy prayer. All I said was, God, if you save me from this hell, I will serve you. And that's exactly what he did. And that's that's the type of real prayer that Jesus answers. A lot of people, especially in, in our church culture, we think that we have to have this, this magical prayer or say the best words or change our voice and all of these different things or be in the right place, you know, like inside of a church building or at some revival or, or some Jesus camp or something like that. But the truth of the matter is, Jesus will meet you wherever you are. And in your own words, he met you in your own personal hell. And I, for, for myself personally, I, I know what that personal hell feels like. I remember it like it was yesterday. And we're talking, you know, 12 years ago. But it was so real, that that personal hell that I created. And just that simple prayer. I'm so glad that you brought that up. Now, uh, before we get so far into this podcast episode, let me go ahead and just remind all of our listeners here today. Um, if you haven't listened to the previous episodes, please, uh, not only the previous episode with Dallas, where he talks about his testimony in, in full length, but also the previous episodes where I talk about the different beliefs in Christianity and why we chose uh, this name for our podcast and also uh, the picture for our podcast and all of that. Everything is leading up to this point. So please do yourself a favor, go back to those previous episodes, listen to them, dive into them. Uh, but here we go. We are interviewing Dallas Montague. Dallas uh, spent how many months on the mission field so far? Three in Cambodia and three, Thailand. Yeah. Three in Cambodia and Thailand, and he's going to be talking about that. We're going to pick up this this interview here at the very last, uh, the stopping point where we stopped at the last episode, uh, where Dallas, he, he, he came out from his life of addiction. He entered a ministry called Adult and Teen Challenge of the Midlands and, and just in a real powerful way. He uh, completed that program. He beca- he started to work for that program. And it, did we talk about your graduation of that program in this place yet? Uh, no. no, we didn't. So we're going to be talking about that here. So why don't we go ahead? I'm going to open us up in a word of prayer, and then we're going to give this right off to Dallas. So, Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you. We thank you for every single person that's listening to this podcast, whether it's today or tomorrow, five years, ten years down the road, whatever it is, Father. We ask a special blessing on these people. We ask that the message that they find here, the hope that they find here, that it is true, that it is lasting, and that it is of you. Father, bless us. Bless the listeners. Use today to give you and you alone glory. We ask this in the name above all names the name of Jesus the Christ. Amen. Dallas, why don't you go ahead and just pick up right where you left off. I'll interject a couple times with some questions that I might have along the way, but go ahead, brother. Yeah, and so we left. where we left off was my internship at Teen Challenge and being staff there. And so also one of the things I did not mention that Chris brought up just now was the graduation <coughs> of Adult and Teen Challenge. And with the graduation, it's a year after you complete the program. Um, you have to walk it out. You have to still uh, stay in touch with the church, stay in touch with Teen Challenge, uh, of course, walk out your sobriety and just become a son of God. Just walk that out. And um, I was able to do that. And with a couple of my friends that I went through the program with and graduate with them. And it's um, it's a minimum of 12 months, right? Minimum of 12, for those yes. For the listeners that don't know, what happens here is it's a 12-month program and then they have a completion night and then a minimum of 12 months. They walk it out like Dallas was talking. They, they check in, they send emails, they call us every single month. They're serving their local church. I mean, they're doing great things and they are walking the walk. It's where the rubber really meets the road. And so to graduate this program is 
such a big deal. I know for myself personally, out of all of the accomplishments that I can think of uh, in the past 12 years, this is the one that I can separate from everything else and say, this is where it began. This was the most difficult one, and this is the one that is truly the most special to me still. Would you agree with that, Dallas? Yeah, you said most difficult, and man, it was the most difficult thing I've ever done in my entire life. Yeah. Why don't you go ahead and just tell us some more about that? Yeah. Um, During my internship and during my student time and then also during staffing, it was just I was surrounded by people who would hold me accountable um, even when it hurt, and that's exactly what I needed. It's that uh, it's that uh, community there that a lot of people don't have. And although they go to church and they have friends and things, but uh, the church doesn't always shepherd the the people that are going there. And so here at Teen Challenge, I got shepherd, shepherded. I got my staff here who were always helping me, even my fellow workers here with me. It was amazing. They would always help me out and encourage me. What do you mean uh, by being held accountable? For some people that might not know what that really means, what do, what do you mean when you say that? Yeah, so let's say that I'm doing something incorrect or I'm doing something wrong, and I know I'm not supposed to be doing it, or maybe I don't. And the Matthew 18 process is what we do here at Teen Challenge, and being held accountable is to check your heart and to go check with that person. And so um, a person would come and talk with me and saying, hey, this is not how we do things. Uh, Maybe you should do it this way. And then um, I can either receive that or not receive it. And so being held accountable is just a really humbling thing. No one wants to be called out on their things that they're doing wrong. But for me, it's what those little things that continually I can accept that I've made mistakes that has changed my life today. And they can be little things or big big things. things. They could be as simple as, you know, maybe you didn't come to work on time or maybe you were – Maybe you were having a bad attitude, you know, all these little things. It's coming together as a body of Christ and helping each other progress Mm -hmm. towards the cross. And it's it's a beautiful thing. Uh, Most people, they might not understand it. And Dallas, I'm glad that you took the time to explain it. So go ahead, brother. Yeah, so just right off where we left off last time, um, I was at my internship at Teen Challenge, and this was December 2017. And there was the IHOP, um, the International House of Prayer in Kansas City. They were having a conference called the One Thing Conference. And um, I went there by myself, actually. Um, I was really anticipating this conference. I got my tickets ahead. Um, I wanted to go with some of my friends, but there was a lot of other functions going on at that time. And I went by myself. And also just with my testimony, I have always been with people my whole life, whether it was friends, family, uh, going back and forth between houses, I was always with somebody. I was just never alone. I was always afraid to be by myself uh, for many different reasons, just because I didn't want to uh, face the guy, the man in the mirror. But um, after my internship and everything, or during my internship, that's when God sent me to IHOP by myself. And it was incredible to be there. It just, it really just, change my perspective of what it was supposed to look like. And it's right after Christmas. It helps bring in the yeah. new year, right? What yeah. what new year were you bringing in on the, and during this time, just so our listeners know? Yeah, I was getting ready to go. Um, I was continuing my internship. Okay, so was it yeah. 2018? 2017. Or, two, so December yes. 2017 yes. to January 2018. Yes. Okay. Yep. And so I was at the IHOP at the International House of Prayer, and this random guy came up to me, and he said that he had a word from God for me that he believed. And... Um, I was like, okay, just let me know what it is. And he told me about this word that he had. He saw me in Asia living and working with the people. And of course, 20 years old, I was like, that's exactly what I would love to do. I went on a mission trip before in 2015 to Belize. And that's something that I always had in my heart that I wanted to do, but never knew that it would be possible. Even through my addiction, I knew after I started using drugs, I was like, there's no way that this is possible. And I was in after completing the program. My head was cleared up. I was like, man, this is actually possible. I could go out and do this. 
And so I took that word, brought it home to my mentors, uh, to the people that were speaking into my life at that time that had influence. And I just started to begin to pray about how to make this possible. And um, I started to looking at a bunch of different ways to try to make this happen. I looked at the Air Force, at the Navy, at Bethel schools, at IHOP internships. I looked at uh, Rick Joyner's Morningstar University in North Carolina and just other ways that I thought I could become qualified to become a missionary and just have some sort of certification to go out. And everything failed. Every single thing that I tried to do in my timing failed completely. Imagine that, right? <laughs> when you try to take the, the the wheel back from God, everything just starts to fail, fall yeah. apart, doors are closing. So you're looking everywhere, every little possible place that you could possibly find. And I and I remember that feeling very clearly. It's kind of it's kind of like hearing my testimony all over again. Uh, so how did God really just grab you in this? I mean, all these different options in front of you, and doors are just closing. How did you know where you were? supposed to go? Well, I really believed in that word that was given to me. And I really thought that that's where I was supposed to be. Um, I, I spent some time with God in that. And so after all those things failed, um, I just decided, man, I'm just going to wait and see what God brings. And maybe that'll be a better opportunity than all the things I've tried to do. And six months later, I heard about YWAM, Youth with a Mission. It's a missionary organization that focuses on knowing God and making him known. Founded by Lauren Cunningham. Yes. And I believe the book that he wrote was, Is That Really You, God? Or or and, what's, yes. what's it called? Is It Really You, God? And Making Jesus Lord. Yeah, great, great book. I remember reading that um, myself. And he teaches some real fundamental things. And he actually just goes through the whole story of how God gave him that vision of all of the different waves and how these were going to be different mission teams to reach in the nation. And for those of you who don't know the story, when Lauren Cunningham uh, was, was basically found Founding this ministry uh, and and having this idea at the t- at today it doesn't sound that radical but let me tell you back then it was considered extremely radical to be a missionary you would have had to go to a university for f- several years learn the language this this and this by the time you would even get onto the mission field, you would either be so racked up in debt or you would have so much head head knowledge and so little heart knowledge. I mean, they would just weed you out to the point where we weren't getting enough missionaries on the field. And Lauren Cunningham had this idea, hey, let's give these guys a crash course into mission life. Let's take them on this guided mission trip and let's let them do some good and let God just do something crazy. And let me tell you, it's been what, about 60 years, something like that. Don't quote me on that time, but, but it's about that time. And God, God has just used thousands and thousands and thousands and thousands of these 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 boys and girls that became men and women on the mission field, basically, uh, and just put them on fire for Jesus. And they have centers all over the world. I remember some of the countries that I've been in going and seeing a, a YWAM center, or, or if it's in Spanish, it'd be Jukum uh, or Hukum, depending on if it's Portuguese or Spanish. And every everyone, base, it just translates to, to YWAM or youth with a mission. And it's, it's just the idea of youth coming together or people coming together to know God and make God known. I, I have a lot of respect for this ministry. Yeah, and as soon as I brought that up to my mentor, um, I've heard about it here and there, just working in ministry at Teen Challenge, and I never really knew what it was, but I knew uh, that it was a ministry that could maybe help me for the future. And so I brought that up to my mentor, and that same day he's he said that he felt like there was something that God was going to reveal to me soon of my future. And so I shared with him Youth with a Mission in Honolulu, and that's it. He said, that's it. That's the one that I was, that God was showing me. Here's a thousand dollars. And he gave me a thousand dollars on the spot, a check to go and to do this missions. And this was about 
uh, June, I think, and the school started in January. And how much was the school costing? About eight thousand. Yeah. Wow. But he he gave you the the first thousand dollars after giving you that word. That that's incredible. Uh, I'm I'm getting goosebumps just just listening to this. Not only does he does he speak into your life, but then he also puts his mouth puts his money where his mouth is, and he said, "Hey, here you go. Go do it. I believe in you." That's that's incredible. Yeah, and I begun and after that moment, I began to see God open many doors and signs all over the place that that's exactly where I was supposed to go. And unlike before, where all these doors were closing in my face and nothing would work out, the moment that that check was handed to me and that I uh, began to see that that's what God had for me, man, things started moving. Yeah. Now, so how long did it take you before you really uh, filled out the application process and said, okay, I'm going to do this. I'm sold out for this. No matter if I can't raise the money or not, I'm going to go there no matter what. When did that happen for you? Yeah, I think mid-July is when I was just like, man, I'm going. And actually, I remember my family was on vacation in Florida and I called my parents so excited Hey, I just got a thousand dollars for this program. Like, I think this is where I'm going to go next. And they were they were so happy for me. And this was right after I met you, right? Yes. Yeah. yeah. So I, I met you mid June, and so you were kind of in this process. Uh, you were already accepted to YWAM at that point. And I remember you told me that you were going to YWAM uh, over in Hawaii. My first thoughts were, Wow, he's going to go suffer for Jesus down there <laughs> you at no, the beaches. You right? have no idea how many times I've heard that <laughs> suffering for Jesus on a beautiful beach. Good for you, Dallas. Uh, but no, what was it like tell 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 us what it was like yeah it was it was everything i thought it would be more and also less and man it was just an incredible journey to go into to do mission school and to go overseas to thailand and cambodia it was it was crazy and so, so how did you raise the money though let's let's yeah. focus on that how did what did you do what did god lead you to do i know when i when i was in this process it was about 11 years ago 10 years ago something like that i wrote out uh support letters um and god worked a miracle there i'll tell my listeners about that another time that's not what this is about so i used that method in talking to a few different churches but i wasn't a church person so i didn't have a whole lot of connections i'm always interested in hearing different ways that god uses people to to fund the ministry i'm glad you brought that up uh, that's actually a crazy story so um growing up in that small town like i said in the first podcast and uh, all those people knew who I was and knew the bad things that I was doing, knew that I was using drugs, selling drugs and all those things. The pastors, the children, um, my ex-girlfriend, her dad was a pastor also in that town. And so all those people knew what I was doing. And as soon as I went through the Teen Challenge program, uh, they knew that my life was being changed a little bit, but they never saw me in person. So they just it was just hearsay for them from what my parents have updated them from. And as soon as I completed, I got to go home for a few weeks and just kind of say hi to everybody and update and whenever i decided to go to youth with a mission i actually contacted those pastors and asked if i could come in and share a little bit about my testimony and what god has done and that's the first time i've ever done that in a church setting and it was both scary and awesome at the same time and so i got to go to those different churches of those pastors that knew who i was they knew the man that i was uh my ex-girlfriend's dad you know that in its own itself many different miracles yeah so crazy and i got to go over there and uh, share testimony, preach a little bit of a message at a different church, and that's how the money was raised. I never did a support letter. Wow. All I did was just speak. Man, that God just used you to go back into those old situations, those old connections, those old lifestyles, and said, hey, you know the man that I used to be. Yeah. This is who I am now, and it's all because of Jesus Christ, and I want to go give the same message, the same power to those in a different part of the world. Will you partner with me? And God did the miracle. Yeah. 
Man, that is that is excellent. I want to go ahead and we got to go ahead and we got to take a break. Uh, we got to give our sponsors uh, 60 seconds now. Uh, if this is you, if if you are not uh, familiar with what happens, we give our sponsors a 60 second break here. They are very important to help us stay on the air and get back to you. We're going to give them 60 seconds and here we go. You're listening to the Faith and Family Fellowship Podcast. We'll be right back after this quick word from our sponsors. Ready to jumpstart your career? Want an adventure of a lifetime? Uncle Sam's International is looking for language teachers who are highly motivated and have what it takes to grow and expand their thriving ESL school in Brazil. We need teachers for English, Spanish, Italian, and more. Visit Uncle Sam's International on Facebook today. Tired of no one seeing your Instagram posts? Have a product or service that's not getting the online attention it deserves? Ready to level up? At Busher's Social Media Marketing, we have just what you or your business have been looking for. Our team of dedicated professionals are ready to help you grow and engage your audience. No spam, no bots. Just good old-fashioned quality social media marketing. Visit Busher'sSMM.com today. Welcome back, guys. Uh, I have Dallas Montague with me here in the studio here in the Des Moines area. Uh, we were talking in this podcast episode about how Dallas uh, uh, got called into missionary work, how he got called to go to YWAM, how God financed it. And now let's hear about that day that you got on that airplane um, when you, you already said goodbye to the family and friends that you met. First of all, was it difficult saying goodbye to everybody? Um leaving the program of teen challenge that community was really hard and that's something that i said I, I said i feel like i can't leave this community of people that i've built my life around for the last three years and somebody said to me dallas you're not leaving you're not just leaving a community you're switching to a different one and and that changed my whole perspective that i wasn't just leaving community because i needed that in my life i was going into a different community yeah and you found it at, at ywam yes so you say goodbye to your mom uh your 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 dad your siblings uh and everyone that you knew uh, that's an important part of being a missionary i know for me personally uh, when you take that call when you say hey i'm gonna go you have to leave everything behind and I'm sure you are just now starting to see you've been you've been doing this what six months seven months six months yeah. six months, and so I'm I'm sure that you've already started to see you know different situations where your family has moved on without you in some ways, uh, and not you know I hate to give you the bad news if you don't know already, but when you go on your next mission trip and you're there long term, you're gonna watch your family grow on the internet on Facebook and stuff, and you're gonna realize that you're not there, and and these are real consequences of following Jesus Christ, that that separation of yourself. And you're doing it for the greater good. I'm so glad that you're doing it and so excited to see a young man uh, following Jesus in this way. So on the day that you got on that airplane, did what, what type of thoughts were going through your head? I was pumped. I was ready to yeah. go out and to do mission school and to go overseas and to be a missionary for Jesus. Yeah. Yeah. And so you landed, uh, we, it was, it wasn't a direct flight, right? No. You, you took off from where exactly? From Missouri, actually to Minnesota, to LA and then to Hawaii. Wow. That's, was it cheaper to do it that <laughs> it way? It was actually. <laughs> missionary budgets. Yes, you gotta right. love missionaries. <laughs> actually a really cool uh, testimony of the finances. So most of the time when a YWAM, YWAMer, I guess is what you call them. Uh, when they go to YWAM, there's different payment methods to pay for the school. 
And I was actually able to pay for the school in full before I even arrived on the base. Wow. Was yeah. anyone else like that there? Uh I when I was a student, I don't remember anyone like that. I was the only one that was far enough uh, ahead of other people as well. I don't know. No. Okay. Perfect. Well, so you got you landed in Hawaii. Was it early morning, night? What was it? It was actually like seven p.m. at night. Oh, was the sun already down, or was it just going down? It was dark. It was dark. Yeah. But was it still beautiful, or did you have <laughs> oh, to wake man. up the next okay, morning so to see the beauty? I left Missouri, right, mm-hmm. and it was winter. Oh. It was January. It was snowing. Yeah, icy and winter. Yeah. I get to Hawaii. And I go outside and the airport is actually outside. There's not walls like where you walk out of the gate. And I'm just like, what is that? Like, that feels crazy. And it's the temperature. And like, you can smell the salt you air. You can smell the salt. It was like 70, 80 degrees when I walked out of the Oh, that's a beautiful change. In January. It? Yeah. All right. And so then you go right to the base. Was the base a beautiful base? It was dark. <laughs> it was dark. So you couldn't really see. Yeah. Uh, the food was normal, mm-hmm. you know. Uh, tell me about some of the classes. If you could summarize all the classes in less than five minutes. Mm-hmm. Yes. So I'll break it down what uh, the YWAM program is. So there's a first phase and a second phase. And the first phase is the lecture phase. And it's three months where you just have a lot of lecture classes and do uh, community outreach. And my location was in Hawaii. So we did a lot of homeless ministry there. And the second phase of the program is to make God known. And that's the outreach phase. And that's in Southeast Asia. That's where Hawaii focuses. That's actually why I chose the Hawaii base, which I haven't said before, but I chose the Hawaii YWAM base because they focus on Southeast Asia for the word that that guy gave me at the International House of Prayer. And so the different classes that we uh, were given through that, I think it's 12 weeks that we went through. Some of the classes were the were apologetics, evangelism, character and nature of God, uh, kingdom sexuality, biblical worldview, uh, just some just a really awesome topics, things that uh, really just fundamental things that we need to know to be a missionary. And what I really loved about Hawaii, uh, what I really loved about uh, the first phase of the lecture phase was they're going to teach us something in the morning. So we would have evangelism week, right? We had this class through the week called evangelism and they would teach us about it. And then they would say, okay, now go out to the beach, go out into the streets and do evangelism. Oh, kind of like what you were doing in Omaha when yes. you got done with our lecture phase here and everything and you started practicing it. That That's yeah. excellent. Yeah, and that's that was my favorite part of being in the phase one was here's this information, now go try it out. And that I love that. Hands-on stuff, that's the way that I learned is just hands-on. Yeah. yeah. And so how, how many weeks was the lecture phase? Uh, Twelve, I believe. And each different week had its own different theme? Yes, and a different speaker from wherever. Yeah, I, I remember those those speakers. Each one was, was unique. Some were about music. Some was about prophecy. Some was about the history of the Bible. Yep. They just give you a real nice crash course. In 12 weeks, they try to cram in as much information as possible and prepare you for your trip. Mm-hmm. And so you spent 12 weeks there. If you could think of one of those lessons, what was the most important? impacting one to you evangelism I hate to put you on the spot uh, yeah. evangelism, evangelism was so important really and so growing up in a small town of 800 people evangelism to me didn't really exist right like, yeah i really didn't even know what that was until i got to hawaii and uh, just i really loved and i have one of my speakers who would give us these challenges and one of his challenges was the five gospel rejection challenges mm-hmm. and that sounds crazy five gospel rejections why would you go out and evangelize and your goals to get rejected. And that's what we did. And he said, you can't come back here to the base until you're rejected five times for trying to share the gospel. Wow. 
And so for those of you who have tried to share the gospel before, it's intimidating. Oh, it, it is, is yeah. scary. And you have no idea what the other person's going to say to you. And so the whole mission that night was to go out and get rejected and to see that failure is not, not bad. They're not rejecting you. They're rejecting God. And it says that in scripture. And so it was, the whole goal was to get rejected and man, it changed my whole perspective of evangelism. Yeah. Rejection feels nice. Doesn't it's it? Great. It's wonderful. <laughs> I never thought I would say that. We're going to have to have you on a future episode and you could teach us about some of these different classes that you went through there. Um, but because of the time that we're on, we got to move ahead towards when you're actually going towards the mission trip. So you go through your 12 weeks of classes, you prepare for it. Now, did you take a break in between those classes and going on your mission trip or was it just boom, boom? It was boom, boom. Okay. So yep. when I did it, we had like a week off because it was around okay, Christmas yes. time. We did have a week off, but I, yes. Okay. Yep. Perfect. So yeah, they, they do it the same way. They're good. Mm-hmm. Um, and so then you're, you're on the plane and where did you first go? So we actually went to Thailand and Cambodia. Okay. So you went to Thailand first. Yes. And now can you tell us some, some different things that you learned about Thailand? What were you feeling first actually on that airplane going on your first mission trip? Was this your first time out of the country? No, it wasn't. Okay. Yeah. You told me you went on a yes. mission trip uh, when you were younger. Mm-hmm. For me, I, I it was my very like first time, you know, besides Mexico and Canada, it was that first time going to a whole another side of the world mm-hmm. uh, and just that excitement. Did you have some excitement in you? Yeah, I did. Uh I mean, that is a long air flight. Yeah. (laughs) How many hours were you in the plane? I know the flight to Taiwan was 10. And then from Taiwan to Chiang Mai was a couple more. And then from, or to Bangkok and then to Chiang Mai. So yeah, it was a long day. Long time. And you were probably all sweaty and greasy Mm. when you got done. Mm. Yes. And let me guess, if I were to imagine anything about the mission field, and and I'm probably (laughs) not wrong, but let's imagine... The moment you get there, they were not organized to pick you up. Is that true? Or were they organized? I actually don't remember. <laughs> I was so tired. <laughs> I don't know. I remember almost every mission trip I've been on, uh, I'm always either waiting in the airport or it doesn't go exactly how I how I would like. If, if any of you are listening and you are about to receive a missionary who just got off the plane, please do that missionary a favor. Take them directly to the hotel or to the house or whatever. Let them shower and change and maybe rest if they need to, but they are going to be exhausted from that travel time. Uh, and so as soon as you get there, what are, what was your first day like, Dallas? So my first day in Thailand, so we arrived. Um, oh, okay. We, we were in Chiang Mai. And so I forgot that. We were in Chiang Mai for a few days and then flew over to or took a bus to fa- to Phong, Thailand. Mm-hmm. And so when we were there, we had just kind of this crash, crash course of who the Thailand people were um, about the king. I don't know, but he's a good man was our favorite quote. If anyone asks you about the king, you're supposed to say, I don't know, but he's a good man. They really respect <laughs> their king there. So that was a fun thing uh, to learn about them. And they're actually a huge percent of Buddhist. Yeah. <clears throat> yep. Yeah, they're 95% Buddhist. And something that I learned there was to be Thai kind of means just to be to boot, to be Buddhist as well. And that's something that I never knew or expected because in America, in America, a lot of us are Christians, but to be American doesn't mean to be Christian, if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Now, what was the food like? Everyone wants to know about the food. Okay, the soup in Thailand is incredible. It literally has a thousand flavors. Really? Yes. It, but they think it's funny when you make it really hot. Like, So I like hot stuff, but not super hot. Okay. And man, they were it was smoking hot. 
<laughs> like spicy hot, spicy, not temperature not hot. Okay. Spicy. Okay. Uh, and so what, what type of things were you doing there on a daily basis? Yeah. So um, actually 95% of our ministry in Southeast Asia was teaching English in my group. Yeah. Really? Teaching mm-hmm. English? Yeah. Now, so you, were you teaching like people that are right at that basic level, intermediate? How, how did it go? So um, I think I'll get into this a little bit more in the next podcast, but uh, teaching English is something that I already knew I wanted to do when I went to Asia and signed up for YWAM. I didn't know I would be teaching English when I went to Asia, but it's another thing that God just did to confirm that that's exactly what I'm supposed to do after YWAM. And so I go there and we're teaching English. And um, since I knew I was going to be teaching English after, I wanted as much as much experience as I could. So I taught the highest level courses. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Now, um, and so if you could think about one testimony that happened in that particular country, what would you share with us? I know there's so many to go through in, in future podcast episodes. You could talk about it, but just give me one today. I'll give you my favorite. Okay. So uh, when before we left Hawaii, the director of the Korean DTS told me that Thailand is going to be a place that's going to break me down. And I heard I took you know went over there to Thailand with that word, knowing that Cambodia was going to be next and that it should break me down. Whatever. I I just went with that open mind, and I went over there to the airport in Bangkok. We arrived at three in the morning. We couldn't get onto our next flight until about seven or eight and everything was closed. The food wasn't even open. So we just sat in the corner and this guy who happened to be drunk uh, was walking around the airport, screaming at uh, other people in the airport, screaming at government officials, screaming at police, all these crazy things. And of course, we're just looking at him at three in the morning, like what is going on here and why aren't the police doing anything about it? That's Asia. (laughs) (laughs) And so this guy comes up to us. Apparently he, I don't know why he came up to us, but he came up to us, looked me straight in the face and said, stand up. And I was shaken. It was three in the morning. Was he a larger man? He was a big man. He Uh, he would have taken you, huh? He He would have taken you and breaking you in half. Yes. (laughs) And my legs were shaken. I'm supposed to be a missionary in Asia. And I wasn't even prepared for this. This was three o'clock in the morning. We, the second we arrived in Asia and He tells me to stand up and I look him right in the face and he starts telling me about his day and his testimony that he lost his bags that day that he used to be in YWAM also. We didn't even tell him that. We didn't even tell him we were a part of YWAM. He was just telling how he just got kicked out of YWAM. Crazy. Wow. And he starts sharing about how he lost his bags and how he got in a fight and how he got drunk and all these different things and no one would help him. And all I did was simply listen to the guy. I just sat there and listened and he just started crying and bawling and he asked if I could pray for him and then he ended up praying for me as well. And it literally broke me down. Wow. God just was able to use you with by doing something as simple as listening. Yeah. That that's the key. Most a lot of people, that's the hardest thing for them. Where they want to always be the one speaking, they want to always be the one teaching. Mm. And many times they're just supposed to just listen. Mm. Our long uh how many hour layover seemed like nothing because we stayed and talked with that man the entire night. Uh, and he actually found his bags right after we left. Oh, praise God. Yeah. Now, and then you, st- you stayed there for how long now? In Chiang Mai for a few days. Yeah. And then we went to Thailand or to Fong, Thailand. And we were there for two weeks, I believe. Two okay. and a half weeks. Okay. And then where did you go from Thailand? To Cambodia. We went to Badambang. And what were you doing in Cambodia? In Cambodia, we were also teaching English. Uh, this time, we were teaching a lot of English, six to eight hours a day. Oh, wow. Nice. And so in the mornings, we would be in villages and in a village school named New Hope. And over there at the village school, it was kids about eight to 13. Okay. And, and once again, I taught the highest level course. And those kids were amazing. Like, 
I can't even explain. The kids cried when they when we. Left. I remember seeing a lot of pictures that you were Man. posting on on Facebook and doing some YouTube stuff. Uh, just the way that those kids really latched on to you. I got to really know those kids, and it only took a few days for me to get their names. Like they're they're Cambodian, and so their names are not right. Mike and George. They're, yeah, they're hard to know. And once I got their names down, and once I started to get to know them. Um, I taught English with them every day for two months. It was amazing. Now, are you a good English teacher? <laughs> <laughs> I speak great English. Yeah, <laughs> perfect English, right? That Midwestern accent. Yes. Perfect. Now, if you were to describe that country and just that village, actually, the village that you were in, what would you describe it as so our listeners could kind of get an idea of where you were? Yeah, the amazing part about that village school that I was at is they're actually a Christian village school. And it's a, it's a secondary school per se. So it's like only an English school. And I wish I could show pictures on this. Yeah. Podcast, podcast you really can't. I know it's, it was, uh, it was incredible. It was kind of like an, like an Asian looking. If Definitely a person is going to close their eyes and imagine like an Asian we, village, we taught English outside at 110 degree weather. Oh, it's pretty sweaty. Right. <laughs> and so they did have like buildings and a little fan inside, but it was not, 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 yeah, not, not the American way, not right? The American way. Now, this is something I always like to ask all of our missionaries uh, because you know I've been in a missionary for a long time, and so I already know the answer to this question. For me, uh, did you get sick while you were on the mission field? Yes, I did. <laughs> <laughs> Go ahead. Can you tell us about it without grossing us out too much? Well, this story I question if I should share it or not, but I'm going to. I think <laughs> when I was in Asia, I had an opportunity to eat dog. Oh yeah. Never again. Never again. It didn't taste right? It tasted all right, but I got so sick. Oh. <laughs> now, for those, so for sick. our listeners out there that are very much into PETA and all of this, Dallas, did you harm this animal at all? No. Okay, so you weren't the one to do it. You weren't the one to cook it. You just took a bite of it, right? Yes. Okay, there you go. Uh, and for the record, if anyone is out there interested in whether I would have done the same thing, the answer is, si, muito claro, moço. And that's Portuguese. It means, yes, absolutely. It's very clear, sir or woman, whatever. Okay, I would have tried it too. And here's the reason why. When you are on the mission field, I have been given so many different types of, of different foods and different drinks that normally I would have just thought was disgusting. But these people, they prepare it and they bring it to you. They're giving you their very best to honor you, to show you, hey, we are so grateful that you have done this for us. This is what I want to be able to give you. And if you don't accept it, you're just scandalizing the gospel at that point. You are just literally looking them in the eye and saying, hey, your best is not good enough for me. Uh, and that is, that's a horrible, horrible thing. So if you want to be a missionary, if you want to get into missions work, you need to get this mindset very, very clear, very fast, that you have to lower yourself to any level and make yourself open to all different types of things. Like the Apostle Paul said, to those below the law, I had to become like those below the law. To those above the law, I had to become like those above the law. He had to become all things to preach the gospel to all people. Yeah, and actually, uh, you said that I took a bite of the dog. Yeah. That's not true. <laughs> Did you eat the whole thing? <laughs> so this is what happened. Uh, I was with my friends that night, and they brought us over the, a plate of dog, right? And so I'm eating the dog, and I have one bite left on my plate. And my friend says, one more? And I said, yes, one more. He brought me a whole other plate. <laughs> oh, I boy. thought he meant one more bite. Because I did have one more bite, and he brought me a whole nother plate of dog. I had to oh. eat two plates of dog that night. Oh, that sounds delicious. Very sick. <laughs> did you put garlic on it or anything? It was barbecued. Ooh. <laughs> now, That's if it. you had the opportunity no <laughs> to do it again, would you try dog? 
<laughs> Maybe in 10 years. Maybe in 10 years. Yeah. In Brew, I, I had guinea pig. Uh, that was uh, not as uh, enjoyable. I, I don't think I'd ever try that again. Uh, so I'm glad that you uh, had this missionary experience because where you are going down in Brazil, um, and which will be talked about in a future podcast, you'll get to try all types of wonderful things like brains and all types of things. And I can't wait to interview you during that process. Uh, so if you could summarize your whole entire mission trip up into one thing, what would it be? I can sum it up in six words. Oh, wow. Lice. <laughs> rice. Lice. Rice. Bites. Bites. And sleepless nights. And sleepless nights. Okay, go ahead and expound <laughs> on that for me. That might be the title of this podcast episode. <laughs> a majority of my team got lice. Did you? I did not. I noticed you still have your have blonde golden hair. locks. Okay. I have short hair. Um, and that's another thing. Like another, A girl on my, on my trip got to share a testimony of that, and she was the first one to actually get lice. And um, I know gr- lice sounds like this terrible, nasty, gross thing, but those kids that we were with every single day had lice. Yeah, we would go home and try to treat the lice. We would go back to the school the same next, the very next day. Those kids would still have it, yeah. and that's humbling. And it's it's crazy to know that like these kids are living with lice every single day, and we make it a humongous deal here in America. Mm-hmm. And for them, it's just it's just life. It's everyday life. Yeah. yeah. So what was the next one? Rice. I assume you ate a lot of rice. A lot of rice. Yeah. A you, lot everywhere and around the world, it's always rice. <laughs> so lice, rice, bites, bites. What did you get for bites? What happened? There was a time when I thought I had bed bugs, <laughs> but I don't think it was, but I, I'm not really sure. What was it, like a little uh, mouse biting you or something? I have no idea what it was. I never found out, but I thought it was uh, be, uh, bed, bed bugs. bugs. Yeah. Okay. But there was mosquitoes, of course, all kinds of stuff. Another girl, my, actually two girls on my team got some flesh-eating disease. Oh, lovely. If I had pictures to show you, I would. Like, Yeah, we might have I to put this on you YouTube. Pictures. Yeah. Man, it's crazy. So and then, lice, rice. Bites, bites and sleepless, sleepless nights. nights. What were the sleepless nights about? The temperature was so hot and we had no, uh, we had fans, but we didn't have AC. And so you would wake up in the middle of the night, just drenched, drenched in sweat. I yeah. remember, I remember those days. I'm so glad mm. that that is you now. Yeah. It's so great being able to look across to you, Dallas, and just be able to see where God has taken you. I mean, I didn't know you from the past life. I knew you when you were being called into to the mission field and, and, and all of the future that you got ahead of you. And I am just so grateful that you have chosen to, to come on to this podcast and, and work with us on this podcast. Uh, I want to thank you and everything. And if you could just uh, say a prayer of blessing uh, for, for anyone out there that wants to be a missionary, that it has the call of missions on their life. And uh, first, first, before you do that, how can people connect with you, Dallas? Yeah, um, I'm on social media. I'm on Instagram and Facebook. And um, on Instagram, it's just my name, Dallas Montague. And how do you spell Montague? M-O-N-T-I-C-U-E. All right. And what it was your picture, profile picture look like on there? It's me. It's just you. It's <laughs> just a, this white guy with, with blonde hair and, and this smile, huh? Yes. Okay. And on Facebook, what's your what's your Facebook? Uh, Dallas O. Montague. Perfect. And I imagine uh, I'll put some different links here in the description below. Uh, so if any of you are interested, you can always contact us and connect with us, and we'll be able to get you over to Dallas. Dallas, now, uh, I hate to put you on the spot, but there's a rumor going around that you were actually writing your first book right now. Rumor. It's just a rumor <laughs> no. that... I I dabbled in it and we'll, it's, we'll see. <laughs> it's it's something that's taken more time than that yeah, you wanted. It's really hard to 
for for me it was really hard to be in the mission field for six months and to be learning how to be a missionary and also try to write a book at the same time. Yeah. So. Well, maybe here in the next couple months uh, when you're on the show again that you'll you'll have something to be able to, to show us. And I, I personally want to be one of the people that first gets to read that book. Uh, so everyone, you can go ahead and you can connect with Dallas. Uh, be looking uh, for the very next podcast episode that's going to come out here here soon where Dallas is actually going to be talking about some of his future plans and summarizing the last two episodes. And we're going to have him uh, uh, different times when he's down uh, in, on the mission field on his next trip. We're going to be connecting with him, staying connected with him, and giving you different updates around uh, what God is doing in the mission world. So Dallas, please uh, go ahead and just pray us out today yeah dear heavenly father i just pray thank you uh, just for this opportunity and just for who you are and who you say that you are and you are who that you say that you are and god i just pray for anybody who is feeling led to go into missions and i just pray that you continue to tug on their heart continue to do the work that you started in their hearts and provide opportunities for them if that's where they need to go and so i just pray over all the listeners whether it's now or later i just pray that you watch over them and protect them in jesus name amen You've just listened to the Faith and Family Fellowship Podcast with your host, Pastor Chris Busher. Faith and Family Fellowship Podcast was recorded live in studio with final editing made before uploading. Subscribe today to Faith and Family Fellowship Podcast on iTunes or Google Play. For more fantastic daily content, visit Pastor Chris Busher online via Facebook, YouTube, and Instagram. Don't miss the next episode on Faith and Family Fellowship Podcast.